0: Your
1: call is now live.
0: All right, Stephanie. How many uh, how many attendees do we have today?
1: Currently, there are 40 attendees on the line.
0: Nice, nice big call. So we're going to have a lot of participation in this call. So super excited. Let me introduce myself. I'm Kay Watanabe. I am a core coach, a real estate coach in Tucson, Arizona, and so pumped up to be teaching time management for real estate agents, and I think there's a few lenders on the call as well. So um, before we get started, let me just you know explain a little bit about myself and just tell you about my core journey. Um, I've been in the core for about six and a half years. I've been a core coach for about a year and a half. Okay, when I first got into the core, um, I was a, I was a small agent. I wasn't nothing special, nothing big. Um I sold 38 houses and I find I found out that I needed some coaching, like really high accountability coaching. Okay? And five years later I went from 38 homes sold to 408 houses sold in one year. Okay, pretty amazing numbers. Um and that that's something you can do by mistake. Okay, I was held accountable by my coaches. I grew slowly which I thought was slowly, but things happen very quickly, okay? Um, A father of three, I have a college student, I have a high school freshman, and I have a 16-month-old baby boy that keeps me very, very busy, okay? So time management is something that I have to be very, very good at, very diligent at, and this is something that I'm always working on, Okay, Time management doesn't happen by mistake. This is not something you ever truly master, but you're always getting better at it. So a couple of things that we're going to talk about today, all right? I'm going to really tell you about the way I transitioned from being a solo agent and, and transitioned through time management and growing a pretty large team, running multiple businesses, and I'll just show you how we... We did that, okay? So a couple of things that we're going to be talking about today is number one is just staying disciplined, right? How do we do the same things over and over and over and not getting, um, you know, pushed away or getting uh, pulled by team members or clients, just how to stay disciplined. Number two is we're going to talk about completing tasks, okay? I know it's always easy where things just completely just build up on your plate and sometimes we just don't know what to do with it. And number three, we're going to talk about things that we tolerate. You know, things that we tolerate, we should tolerate, and things that we shouldn't tolerate. And while we're doing this, I'm going to be just explaining just how I set up my my day, how I set up my weeks, and things that I go over um, with my students and things that I actually practice uh, here in my business. And this works both for real estate agents And lenders, they're one and the same. Okay, the client might be a little different in terms of if you're taking a loan application or if you're showing a property, but in terms of the day to day, um, they're almost exactly the same. So, a couple of things that I want you guys to do before we start and I I get into just the meat and potatoes of this class is I'm going to ask you some questions, okay, and I want you to write down your your answers to these questions. And the great thing about a Uh, phone call instead of you being in front of me one-on-one is I'm not going to ask you what you're writing down, but this is just a guide to tell you where you're at right now and eventually what you're going to have to change. So number one, do you have a staff person that handles your calendar 100% of the time? Okay? When I was first in the core... It was just me and a transaction coordinator. I didn't even call her an executive assistant because I still handled my own, you know, I handled my own scheduling. Um, I would handle my own client events. I would handle my own email. I would do all of that stuff. My transaction coordinator just handled things specifically for the transaction. Okay. Number two, do you have a printed daily calendar on your desk every morning when you come in? again when I was first in the core all right none of this stuff I had I would operate I'd operate blind I didn't use a calendar that was online I had you know one of those um book organizers that I would write things down or I'd forget to write things down and every every now and then I'd lose that book so Do you operate on a a calendar that's online, and do you have that printed up on your desk when you come in? Next question, do you have someone that handles your email, okay? Are you doing all your email? Are you going in there sifting through all the junk or stuff that doesn't really pertain to you, okay? In the beginning, I did everything. I was the everything agent. I'd go through my emails. I would respond to every email. I would sift through the junk. Sometimes I would waste, not sometimes, a lot of times I would just waste time reading through all the ads, the special deals that they would send in to me. So does someone handle your email on your team? Next thing, do you spend four hours a day prospecting? Okay, when I have students, they say, oh, my entire day is prospecting. Not true, not true. I have never seen, I haven't seen anybody other than Rick Ruby spend all day prospecting. Okay, I spend about four hours a day prospecting. I worked an 8-hour day using hour lunch. And that's some prospecting in there. Okay? The rest of my time, I'm going to go over, but that's time with my team, time doing some busy work, what we call red work, non-money making work. So do you spend 4 hours a day prospecting? It's not a it's a yes or no, it's not a maybe. Next one. Do you work 50 hours or less per week? Early on in my career, I was the guy that worked 10 to 12 hours a day, 7 days a week. And when I took a day off, it felt weird to me because I felt like I needed to work. But life sucked, right? I wouldn't see my kids, I wouldn't see my family, I was always tired. But that's who I was when I first started. Okay? So do you work 50 hours or less per week? Next one. These are two personal items you want to ask yourself. Okay? Do you have a scheduled weekly date night with your significant other or one of your family members? Right? Do you have kids, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, anything like that? Okay. The first people that typically complain about your lack of time management is your family, right? They're the ones that feel it the most because they see it. 7 days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day wasn't fun for them. Okay? And last one, do you take one day off per week for rest and rejuvenation? Okay? So right now, um, since the first quarter was a little slow, and it was slow for everyone across the board, okay, I saw the national numbers, I looked at all the numbers in the core, the first quarter was really tough. So I did up my my work week, so I work uh, right now mo- Monday through Saturday, but my Saturdays are only half a day, okay? I needed to get this boat moving a little faster because I started out in the hole for the first quarter. Okay, I'm not afraid to admit it. Most of us did. Some of us don't know if we did because we don't work our numbers. Okay? So when you look at those questions that I asked you, when it comes to hiring your next person, those are the type of things that that next person or that hire is going to do for you, right? So when you have an executive assistant... Those are the type of things that they take care of, all right? So the first thing I told you we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about how to stay disciplined and really staying disciplined on your work schedule, okay? So I have Teddy on the line here. He's going to make sure any core form that I talk about, I'm going to make sure that everybody on the call has it. So that's what I'm going to be coaching to. That's what you're going to be using to schedule and fix any time management problems that you do have, okay? So one thing that we do operate on in the core, especially if you're a level three member in the core, is we operate on something called the perfect work week, okay? It's really, for me, it's a guide for me to follow, and I'm going to break down just how I structure my days, okay? But it's a guide for me to follow when I'm scheduling appointments, it's, A guide for my family to know what time I've committed to them that I cannot break. Okay? It's also, and most importantly, it's a guide for my executive assistant to look at because how I grade my executive assistant is she gets graded, Okay, in terms of graded, like, hey, do you get, how'd you do this month? How'd you do on your semi-annual review? How'd you do on your annual review? If she's going for raises, if I, she needs to make sure I follow my perfect work week, 85% schedule adherence to my perfect work week. So when someone comes in and says, I need to meet with Kay about yada, 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 whatever it is, okay? They make sure, or Alex makes sure, she plugs it in the correct block in my perfect work week, which is goes onto my calendar. So the perfect work week is a guide, okay, perfect work week is a guide for them, for them to plug things into my calendar. So if I had a time block that it reoccurs every single week for... Green time, green time meaning money-making time, and that's, you know, meeting with clients, prospecting, making phone calls, and someone wanted to talk to me about a problem, it does not go there, all right? So let me just walk you through my perfect work week, okay, and what I do, like what my themes are, for those days and this is not my prospecting themes that i want to talk to you about okay because i know in the core we have our prospecting theme days these are my time management theme days that i make sure i execute every single day okay so number one my entire office starts at 9 a.m that's executive assistants that transaction coordinators listing coordinators buyers agents They start required to report to the office by 9 a.m. I know, and it sounds so crazy. Your buyer's agents are required to be into the office by 9. If you're on my team, you are required to start your day in the office by 9 a.m. It's not an option. I don't care if you're an independent contractor, I don't care if you're a salaried agent, I treat you the same. You're coming in, you're starting at 9 a.m. Okay. Since I know they start at 9 a.m., and typically around 9 a.m., all the questions start coming into me at 9, all right? So I have to beat my team here, and I'm here 30 minutes prior. So I start my day at 8.30, and I'm not talking about the gym, I'm not talking about when I wake up and prep my day, have my coffee, read whatever junk is on the internet. Coming into the office, I start at 8.30 a.m., and let me tell you what I do. At 8.30 a.m., I check voicemails from the night before, okay, because I don't answer my phone after 7.30 unless, and I know we all have it, we have one of those emergencies or one of those one-off clients that you have to get to. I get it. I still deal with those as well, okay? I go through my emails, if anything that I can touch or get to or delegate to a team member... Okay. When I mean touch, is there anything that I can respond to before my team gets in? And then I look at my to-dos that I needed to get done. See if there's anything that I can take care of myself, or the magic word delegate. Okay. And we're going to talk about delegation and completion um, in, in our next segment. But one thing that I want to make sure everybody gets, and Ted, if you can make sure they get it, it, is the things to do today's core form, okay? You never throw that form away until all items have been taken care of, done, and you will reviewed it and say, hey, that's okay, okay? So just because you delegate it doesn't mean you throw that form away. Or it doesn't mean you cross it off. You cross it off and throw it away when you know it's been completed. Okay? So from 9 to 9.30, that's time that my team can come with me, can come to me for any questions that they have. Any questions, any concerns, if they need some one-on-one time, that's when they come to me. Okay? That's when I put out fires. And most of the time. They actually, they have the answer, but what do we do as unorganized salespeople, right? We don't empower them to next time make, you know, they can, they can take care of it themselves, right? Because if we always find the answer for them or give them the answer because, you know, we're just busy and we want to get it done, we don't teach them or empower them to figure it out themselves, you're going to get the same people reoccurring, coming in every morning asking you to figure out their problem or do their job for them, okay? So 9 o'clock to 9.30, it's time for me and my team just to catch up and knock out some work. From 9.30 to 10, I have my team meeting, okay? And then my team meeting, I have with my salespeople, I have with my... Transaction coordinators and listing coordinators. And mainly they're just going over fires, our next 10 closings that we have. Okay? Just so I'm up to speed on it. All right? And then from there, if there's anything that has to happen, that's when delegation starts to happen for me. Okay? Most of the things that... Fall back on the salesperson's plate that they should not be doing. Alright? Most of the time, we jump back into the transaction, we get busy, we forget to prospect, and it pushes our day any which way it should go. And we're operating and we feel like we never have enough time. Okay? If you're a solo agent, you have to have some time built into your calendar, at least one hour a day where you're working on files, you're taking care of fires, and you have some current client contact, that you know, clients that are in escrow. Once I'm done with my team of transaction coordinators and we reviewed our next 10 files that are closing, I go into my sales meeting with my sales staff. Okay. This is where we talk about leads from the day before. We track them. We talk, we talk about who took the lead, what they're doing, and we make sure it's in our CRM. So every single lead gets touched. And every single lead is designated an agent. I am so strict on our, and now I actually have a lead coordinator on my team that takes care of it. Right? It's in their contract, if they miss tracking one lead, I can terminate them. Okay, that's how serious I take lead tracking. But before that, before I had the lead coordinator, we would do it together on the team. Okay? If you have an executive assistant, they can handle the lead tracking for you. Okay. Next thing, once I'm done with that, and I go, in, I go into my power hour, my power hour is one hour, actually about 45 minutes, because I do take a 15 minute break in between. To make one hour of calls just nonstop, that's very, very difficult. Your calls don't come out as well. You, you might be just going through the motions because it's exhausting. So I make 30. Minutes of prospecting calls, take a small break, get some food, get some water, walk around, talk to my team, jump back in, and it's 30 minutes of calls again. I lock myself in my office. There is a core prospecting hour uh, sign that goes on my door. It says, don't interrupt me. I'm in core prospecting right now. And I do not ever get interrupted during that time. Was it always like that? No. How it was for me before was, great, I'm going to prospect and anybody could come in and disrupt me. Okay, I didn't honor my schedule, right? Sometimes I like to get into the mud and I like to jump into fires, which is not my job. I don't take care of fires. Right? I only communicate to the client. I don't communicate to lender. I don't communicate to title. I don't communicate to home warranty person. I don't communicate to home inspector. None of that stuff I do anymore. Okay? I push that stuff off because those are non-money making activities. I push that stuff off to my team. Okay? So you see a, a theme that we're talking about here, right? Build a team. The reason why we build teams is Number one, we can get some of the stuff that we're not good at off our plate, stuff that we don't like to do off our plate. Like a couple of things I don't like to do. I don't like to write up repair requests. I hate doing it. I like to tell my assistant what I want written up, highlighted, to be proofreading it, and boom, it goes out. I don't like to schedule inspections, so I have someone doing it for me. I don't like to schedule my own closings. I just show up because it's all done for me now, okay? So the goal for you when you're looking at this and you're like, man, you know what, maybe I don't have that right now. It's just me, okay? All these things that I'm telling you, these little half an hour blocks or these hour blocks, is you have to stay disciplined enough to follow it before you even hire. Because if you're not disciplined to even follow these time blocks to get work done, how are you going to tell your executive assistant, your transaction coordinator, how are you going to tell them to get it done when you're not even organized enough for yourself or disciplined enough yourself, okay? So after I make my one hour of calls, I go and I have a lunch appointment scheduled, okay? And this is Monday. I don't want anybody to think I scheduled that lunch that same Monday. I always schedule a week out. I'm always playing ahead because I, do, I like to be proactive rather than reactive. Early on when I was you know, starting this you know, big team, everything for me was reactive. I could not get anything done because I would jump and try to touch everything. My lunch appointments, I would always have to eat by myself because I would make a call and say, hey, do you want to go to lunch today? And guess what? Everyone's busy. No one can just pick drop what they're doing and come out to you and, and have a lunch appointment. And in the core, you know we have to fill out the greatness tracker. The greatness tracker says you have to have five either lunch or coffee appointments, which we call break breads, and 15 face-to-face appointments per week, either with clients, referral partners, other prospective business people that you want to meet, be meeting with, builders, investors. All those types of things. Okay, so those things just don't happen by accident. You have to be proactive rather than reactive. Okay, and then from there on Mondays, and this is where, so Monday through Friday, my first part of my day is always the same, all the way up to the ending of my lunch. Nothing changes. I don't meet with clients during that time, I don't schedule closing appointments during that time. I don't, I don't schedule business referral partners to come in during that time. Nothing happens during that time. That's all the same. It's me meeting with my team, delegating, prospecting, and going to lunch with a, a VIP. That's it. So, let me just go over what changes during the week because my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays are just a little different on those days. After my lunch appointment. Okay, I know I'm giving you a lot of information. Teddy, can you make sure that they get my perfect work week so they can see how I balance out my week? Okay? Absolutely. So Mondays, Mondays are like a buffer day for me, right? You're coming off the weekend, you have a lot, a lot of client contact that has to happen for that weekend. I mean, from off from the weekend. So one thing I don't do is I rarely book any appointments for myself on Mondays. Okay? A lot of it is prospecting. A lot of it is setting my appointments up for the week, catching up on my files. And if I get all of my work done, then I will go out and either schedule an appointment with a client or have another like happy hour or lunch, okay, so Mondays are not a big client day for me, okay Tuesdays from one o'clock on that is all client time, all client time so i I'm either at a listing appointment, and I'm showing a buyer some houses, and Tuesdays. I am allowed to work late. So I'm allowed to work, and this has already been negotiated with my family, so there's no awkwardness or weirdness, as I'm allowed to work till 7.30 at night. Okay? This is where I fit in my networking events, my happy hours with my business people, maybe now now that it's, you know, getting close to, it's in the summertime, it stays lit, you know, it stays bright out for a long time so we can show clients houses a little later in the day. Okay, Wednesdays after 12, those are the days where I meet with my referral accounts, my builders, my investors, my financial people, my estate attorneys, my referral accounts and channel accounts. Okay, so I have a set milk route every week. One week I'll hit the east side of town, one week I'll hit the north side of town, one week I'll hit the west side of town, and one week I'll hit Central and North, so I'm visiting my referral sources every single month, office stop-ins, right? I'm going to tell you where I made a mistake. When I was growing too big, this is something that I delegated. I delegated the relationship to another person on my team, and I called them a marketing rep. Right, similar to what you see in title companies where they come out and they try to get your business. So I said, you know what, I'm so busy. I'm going to hire someone to go out and love on all of my referral accounts and channel accounts. I'm going to tell you right now, that is the dumbest thing you can do. So two reasons. One, they don't care as much as you do. Right? Do you think they're going to come in, build the relationship, follow up as good as you will? No. And these are, your, these are your biggest money makers, okay? I do this on Wednesdays like clockwork every single week. I'm so disciplined at this, where if a client says, hey Kay, I found the house, I wanna go look at it today. I tell them, you know what, I cannot do it at that time because I have an appointment. I can do it at this time. Usually I can I can bump it to a later part in the day. And this is what I would do when I was a, a smaller team. If I was by myself, I would just you never want to give someone just bad news, right? You never want to just say, "You know what? I can't do it. I can't do it today." No, your job as a, as a salesperson is to figure out how to get it done where you can still stay disciplined enough to get your relationships set and then you can still Get to your clients that want to buy a house or sell a house right now. Okay? So I would just push that a little later in the day and it's usually my client gets pushed. Right? One client is not more powerful than three or four business relationships that each give you two to six deals per year. Deals closed. Okay? Now, I have a team. I just say to my client, Hey, you know what, I'm in an appointment at that time. I'll tell you what, so I will have so I don't so I don't want to see you lose out on this house. I'm going to have one of my agents open it up for you and I'll follow up with you once the showing has been completed. All right. Wednesday is a day I have to get home early as well. Okay? So I have to be home by five thirty, because it's a promise that I've made to my family. So I take no late appointments on Wednesdays. Again, beauty about building a team, right? The core teaches you how to build a team so that we can do more, we can love on our clients, we can live the life we want to live, and we can count the money. Thursdays, this is another client day for me. So this is the day we meeting listings, okay, for lenders. These are like loan application days. These are days you can go and, you know, schedule with realtors that bring you business. And I work with clients, and this is another late day for me. So Tuesdays and Thursdays is a late day for me. I get to work till 7.30 at night. All right. And then Friday... Fridays is usually a flex time. Flex time where I could either do referral accounts or I can do clients. Okay? And it just depends on how my my week is flowing right there. Okay? So, when you're looking at the days you can really go crazy with your clients is Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. Okay? And I get it. Some days you're going to have to some days you're going to have to break that rule, okay? But you're never allowed to skip a prospecting meeting with yourself, if you do skip that or push that, you have to make it up before you go home. So Fridays, it could be channel account, referral account. It could be me working with one of my clients. And that's how Alex, my executive assistant, is scheduling my time. Okay? I don't even schedule my own appointments. So if I'm on the phone with a client, I say, hey, perfect, Um, I'm going to have – looks like we want to go on this day, I'm going to have Alex reach out to you and she's going to make sure she puts it in her calendar. Even though we agreed upon the time and I have my calendar up in front of me, I want Alex to put it in there. Because every time I've taken control of my calendar, I double book myself. I get off of my perfect work week. I cheat my family because I book something that I shouldn't have and I should have been at home during that time, so Alex controls my calendar. And then Saturdays, Saturdays are my makeup calls. So we all know in the core, following the greatness tracker, we have to have 60 conversations at minimum. That's the minimum expectation. Okay? I know there's a big rumor floating around saying it's 60 dials out. Not true. It is 60 conversations. And if you're not cheating your greatness tracker, 60 conversations is very difficult. So if I don't have my 60 conversations, first thing in the morning, Saturday, is I have my makeup calls. And everybody answers on Saturdays. Okay? And I can work clients up till about 1230 that day. Okay? And if clients want to go a little later in that day, guess what? Beauty about building a team. You have salaried agents that can go show them. You have buyer's agents that can help show them. Okay? And then Sunday I take off. So I want to open this up to some questions. Okay? I want to open this up to some questions on how I structure my week, maybe some struggles that you have structuring your week and where you're falling short. So let's open it up to a few questions.
1: At this time, to enter the question queue, please press star one only once. Our first question does come from Alfredo. Your line is open. Hey, Alfredo.
2: Yes, I wanted to know. Hey, how are you? Thank you. Doing good. Hey, I wanted to know, um, how do you keep your schedule? Like, uh, I, I, I schedule meetings, and every so often I have a hard time um, keeping my schedule. Like, for example, I know that it's going to be half an hour, but I have a hard time keeping it. Normally, that go 45 minutes to an hour. Or, you know, if it's an hour, I always go over an hour.
0: Okay. And when you're booking the appointment, are you telling them, hey, this is how long I have?
2: Um, sometimes.
0: Okay. So when I book my appointments, because that used to happen to me and it happens to me a lot, okay? I am not a 30-minute meeting guy, especially if it's with a client, a okay. referral a partner. I'm not a 30-minute meeting guy. I'm a 30-minute meeting guy for um, title reps and loan officers and um, inspectors, home warranty people, you know, people that, you know, really want your business but don't actually give you as much back, okay? Mm -hmm. My lenders do give me – I want to make that very clear. My lenders give me a ton of business, okay? But you, when you start showing up on the rankings, you get calls from lenders every week. Okay. I don't meet with them for more than 30 minutes, but I do meet with them. How I structure my my meetings is I say, great, you know what, Alfredo, I'd love to meet with you. I've got 45 minutes on Tuesday. Is that enough time for our meeting? Okay. Okay. I got tell it. them up front, I got 45 minutes. I got 30 minutes. I got one hour. Is that enough time for us? Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. But what happens is we don't, we typically don't uh, set that expectation, right? We don't set that expectation. We don't even set that expectation with clients.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, boom, they just own our time, all right? You're the consultant. Mm -hmm. You have to control everything, okay? So my advice to you is set that expectation up front. All right, great. It's 45 minutes, enough time. Perfect. I'll get it scheduled.
2: Great. Thank you. Okay. Okay. No problem.
1: Our next question comes from Mike. Your line is now open.
2: Okay. Hi. Yeah. This is Mike uh, from Las Vegas. I just I'm starting Level Three in July. Very excited. Um, I'm pretty much. Uh, thank you. I'm pretty much uh, in my business where you were when before you joined the core. My question <laughs> to you is: uh, You said you prospect four out of uh, four hours out of the eight hours a day, correct? Four out of the eight, yeah, minimum. So my question is, how do you maintain the stamina and the focus and and physical? I mean, it, get, it takes a lot of energy. Like you mentioned, to do yeah. one hour prospecting, it's hard to stay focused and stay in
0: the zone to to maintain that energy. How do you do it? <laughs> it's
2: All right, hard so number, for
0: me. Number number one, number one. What the core is going to teach you is prospecting is not only making phone calls, right? You're not just on the phone calls banging out four hours a day. So that's not that's not what I signed up for, okay? Okay. Is my lunch appointment. That's a prospecting appointment. So 45 minutes to an hour, I'm talking to a VIP person in my life. I'm talking to a friend that gives me some business. I'm talking to a financial person that gives me some business. I'm talking to people that I already know, keeping their relationship strong and seeing what I can do to serve them or help them in their business and also getting referrals as well. Okay, so that's a prospecting appointment. Prospecting appointments too, they're also your current clients. If I'm taking a client in the car, that's a pro, that's a green time prospecting appointment. Okay, Got it. because remember, the core is going to teach you not how to make phone calls for four hours. They're not going to teach you how to sign up for Zillow. They're going to teach you how to build relationships with people, serve people, and which in turn they refer business to you so every time you're meeting with a person, that's a prospecting appointment. but I get it sometimes when you go hard right because a lot of us right now are working six plus days a week, number one is you gotta work out all right so three days a week which i I wake up at five thirty I'm in the gym by five uh probably about five fifty. And I work out. Okay? There was a point when I had my son, when he was just born, I wasn't working out. I was always tired. I cleaned up my diet. I looked at myself in the mirror. I wasn't happy. I went back to the gym. Okay? You have You're to be physically fit. You work out every or three times yourself? Three times. I'm curious. Three times. Good for you. Yeah, three times. Okay. That's all you need. Just For me, going home... At five thirty, that's a workout in itself because I'm chasing around the sixteen month old. (laughs) I love it. Beautiful. All right. I'm going to take one more question if we have it, and we got to move on. Thank you very much. No problem. Take care.
1: We do have Seth. Your line is now open.
2: I'm Gilbert, Arizona. I appreciate your time today. Um, I wanted to ask you about your nine a.m. start time.
1: Can you hear me? Okay.
0: Yep, I got you. So I start at 8.30, my team starts at 9. So one of the things that I experience is a lot of the, uh, the either team
2: leaders or brokers that I, that I meet, I'll show up to their office at 9.45, 10, and there's nobody there. So I understand that that's part of a culture thing. Um, yep. But
0: where, where are, you, are you setting the expectation day one, and do you have any um, exceptions to that rule? There's there's exceptions. Let me tell you about my exceptions first. All right? Yeah. So if if the buyer, so a lot of times buyer agents, they don't have the same command as we do, right? We're team leaders. We've been in the business a lot longer, so we have a little more command. Every now and then, there's a teaching moment because, you know, a buyer agent will schedule an inspection. They'll schedule, you know, a signing. They'll schedule a home showing during that time. I get it. We're busy, Okay, so every now and then I'll allow them to um, schedule something for their client. If they're sick, if they're on vacation, okay, we run a – our culture is if you're going to miss, you have to call me, okay? So it eliminates the the BS appointments, right? They're going to call me, and guess what? I get to see everybody's calendar. Everyone's calendar on my team is shared with me, and they can see my calendar, But you as a team leader have to set the tone. If you're the one coming in 45 minutes behind or you're missing appointments, what are you you giving them the permission to do? Sure. Right? So, yeah, I set the tone. And it wasn't like that. So I had an overcorrection period where, you know, anybody could come in whenever they wanted to. And then when I got into the core level three, my coach says, you run a team where anybody can come in anytime you want? You don't have a daily team meeting? How do you know what's going on? You're like, you know what, you're right. I'm going to fix that. So in the beginning, it felt like an overcorrection, right? But then people start to, they start to make more money, right? The buyer's agents do better. And now they start to believe in structure. I really, truly believe people want structure in their life. Agreed. Right? They do. They want to be held accountable. So you have to take a, uh, you know, traditionally uh, an unorganized, Field, which is real estate, or, or, or lending. Lending is a little different. Lenders are a little more structured than we are because, you know, a lot of times they are employees, right? They are W-2. Their systems are a little more tight than we are, but we have to be more like them.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: I, I made I made it mandatory. It's in their contract. Cool. Thank you. All right. Change the culture. You got it. All right. So let's. Uh, we got about. 13 minutes here, let's move on and I'll, I'll leave some time for some questions at the end. So next thing we're going to do is completion. Okay, so completion is everybody on the team has to operate things on the form, things to do today as your core form. Okay? When you're doing a task, you have to make sure the task is complete before it's removed off of that form. And one thing that we do here is if you time block for a task, you have to get that task completed or up to the point that you say you're going to get it up to before you move on. Working on three or four tasks at the same time, that doesn't really work. So if you're doing an MLS search while you're working on a flyer for a happy hour, and an agent on your team is asking you a question, that's not going to be effective. And that's how we operate, right? We operate interrupted. So, when you have a, a task that you're doing, make sure it's uninterrupted, you knock it out of the park, and then you move on. If it's on your team, this is one thing that I do. On my team, we have a Google Doc, and the reason why we use Google Docs is because it's free. And it could be shared with everybody on the team. We have a to-do list. Okay. And Teddy, I can get you a copy of our to-do list so that someone can copy it. But let me just show, let me just tell you how we have it set up. So number one is the date that item was given. What the task is. All right. So the task could be get the Mabel listing up by Friday. That's, I gave it to you on a Monday. You have till Friday to get it up. I'm talking pictures, signed, lockbox, homebook, final walk, everything. Okay? Who is responsible for it and the deadline that it needs to be done by? And if there's any comments, there's a comment field to the right of it. Everyone is shared on it, and there's one person in charge on my team, which is my executive assistant, Alex, she is the bulldog that makes sure she follows up to make sure those tasks get complete. If we put a task on and you blow by the deadline without telling me or Alex, then we're going to have a tough conversation, right? I need to know if I delegate something on my team, and everybody on my team knows, I need to go home and rest my head on that pillow knowing that it's got done or... You came back and say, okay, hey, I need a little more time, and then we can talk about it. All right? So we operate on a to-do list that's shared by everyone. Accountability is very, very high, and you're not allowed to abuse that to-do list. Okay? One thing that you don't want to be in my world or my team is the person that fails to get things done. All right? Next thing, completion delegating. Right? For, for people that are just starting to build teams, this is something that's really tricky. Okay, What well, we are, you I know, ask my team early on, like, hey, what's my biggest piece of feedback you can give me? And they're like, hey, you're a dumper. I'm like, what is a, what, what is a dumper? And they're like, yeah, you told us you handed us a stack of paper and said, I need you to get all this done. And you run out the door. We don't even know what needs to happen. So how I delegate is I delegate the task. Number one is I tell them, the, qual- the level of quality it needs to happen with, okay? Some things have to be high quality. Some things you can just, it doesn't have to be that high quality. Some things can be written down on a piece of paper. Some things have to be typed out really, really neat. The deadline that it has to be done by, and can you have it done? So I give a task to, let's say, somebody on my team, her name is April, i say, April, I need you to make sure this listing agreement is filled out properly. And send it out to the client, and, and I need it done by this time and day. Is there any reason? Before I leave, and I said, April, is there any reason you cannot get this done, or is there anything that you're unclear of on the task that I'm giving you? And if she says, No, nope, I got it, I have to. it goes into the to do list, and I know it's going to get done because you don't want to fail me. April can also come back to me and say, Hey, you know what? Hey, you put these other two things on my plate. I don't think I can get it done without pushing this one that you gave me before to the side. What's more important to you? And then I have a choice I have to make. Okay, I'm like, okay, perfect, April, I want you to do this one first and push this one back. If she says, okay, I cannot get that done without the time because you gave me this task, I said, April, I need this task prior to get done, and she has to say, okay, you know what, I need you to take this to someone else on the team to knock it out. Okay. So that's how we properly delegate. You can't be a dumper, okay? The level of quality that it has to happen with, the deadline, and if there's anything that they can't do, they have to speak up, okay? You want to encourage that on your team. Speak up. Do you have to teach them or you have to find someone else on the team that can do it? Next thing, just some things that we tolerate, all right? Some things that we tolerate is... What are the distractions in your day? Everybody, write down three distractions or three things that you tolerate that you should not be tolerating. I'm going to go with one. One for me is non-money-making activities. Everybody, should you should not tolerate non-money-making activities. So what's a non-money-making activity that I love to look at? I love to look at sports. I love to look at ESPN.com. Okay. But the NBA finals are happening right now, and I, I you know what? I love to look at the stats. I love to look at that. But guess what? That moment of distraction leads into me looking into YouTube. I'm like, oh, this video popped up. Let me look into that. Oh, now that ad popped up. Let me go buy an RV. you have to limit these type of distractions and put a limit of time on it, if you need a break, go talk to your team. Don't go look at ESPN.com. Don't go look at Facebook. Save that stuff when you get off the work. Save that stuff on your drive home. Okay? So I want everybody to write down three things that you tolerate that you should not be tolerating. And the first three things are money, non-money-making activities. Email, non-money-making activity. Somebody on your team should do it or you handle your email only a few times a day. Most of us, anytime an email comes in, we're responding to it, even if it's not urgent. Returning all phone calls because you, because you're the one you're the team you're the one that has to return the phone call. No, some of the things you don't even have to do. Some of the things your assistant can do, right? They can take your voicemail. They can respond. And I get it. Some of the some of the stuff you have that client that you're the one that has to respond because they will only talk to you. I get it. But let me tell you, that's a one-off. That's not every single client that you have. Okay, so I um, want to open it up to some questions. So while um, – so, Stephanie, we want to open it up to some questions. While we're doing that, I just want to recap a few things. Your perfect work week. Teddy's going to send that out. He's going to send out my perfect work week so that you can see how I operate. And then from there, you have to build your perfect work week so that you can operate proactively. okay. So I schedule my appointments so that what I'm doing now, it's Wednesday, I'm already scheduling for next week. My goal by Friday is I have to have 10 appointments already scheduled for next week. Referral lunches, milk routes, clients, buyers, listings, all of that type of stuff. Scheduled a week out. Okay? I get it. There's some clients that see the house, want to go look today, I get it. But not all of them are like that. We're reactive. That's why we always feel like we have to jump. I call my clients on Monday, and I say, hey, great, I've got some time open Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday. What time is going to work for you to go look at houses? Perfect. And if you see something that pops before that, and you've got to go look at it, let me know. Um, I might be in an appointment, but my commitment's used so that you never miss that house. I'll have one of my agents show you. Perfect. Friday works good for you? Perfect. I will see you Friday at 5 o'clock. Done. All right. So now when you look at these items that you tolerate, you have to get rid of them, you have to delegate them, or you have to hire to make sure you don't have to handle those anymore. All right, so questions.
1: At this time, if you do have a question, please press star one only once. We do have a caller in queue. Give me just one moment to collect their name. We do have Maria. Your line is now open. Hey, Maria. Um, Hi. Um, I just wanted to ask, how long, like, after trial and error did it take you to actually be able to follow that schedule?
0: Like, the perfect week, you know? Because, like, in theory, like, yes, we can, like, build the perfect week that we want down to the minute. But how long did it take you to follow at least, like, what was it, the
1: 85% or 80%? Yes, yeah.
0: 85%. took mm-hmm. me It took me about three, yeah. me about three months. It took me about three months, three months, and it was, let me tell you, anything that you change that's different from what you're doing now will feel overwhelming uh-huh. and challenging, okay? Overwhelming yeah. and challenging. The good thing is I'm in the core. You're in the core, okay? And mm-hmm. change, has. you have to be okay with it. They force it on you, okay? Because if we continue to do what we do Every single day, you won't grow, you won't change, you won't help out more clients, you won't make more money, and your life's not going to be that good because you're going to work all the time. Absolutely, okay? I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it took me about three months, and I'm not the one that was in charge of it. I made my assistant in charge of it. Okay, okay? but she's so, you know, assistant with you throughout the entire time? That's when I became really effective. So I transitioned my transaction coordinator to my executive assistant, and I hired a new transaction coordinator. So when I tried it by myself, I was pretty good, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have someone that was the boss of the schedule. So I'm the type of person where if there's not a boss, then I just do whatever I want to do. So I needed somebody because at the time I wasn't disciplined enough to follow it. So someone had to hold me accountable. Okay?
2: Okay. Um.
0: But when my, when my executive assistant takes two weeks off, I am disciplined where I still, where I still honor that calendar. I don't break it. Very rare. That and I break how, it. Long,
1: how long have you been following that plan for now?
0: For about two and a half years.
1: Two and a half years. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's okay. why we were able to make those massive jumps, right? Most people say, if I follow a calendar, I won't be able to do more business. I'm the walking living truth that when you follow structure your business will absolutely explode. My business exploded ten times in five years. Okay. Wow. Okay. And it was yep. you would say mostly
1: because you were like structured and you were following the structured. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. structured.
0: Yeah, I mean, Having my daily team coming in at eight thirty, knocking out the busy work in the morning, meeting with my team at nine meeting with my sales staff, you know, after that, having my dedicated lunches, having my dedicated prospecting times just blows okay. up. And you know what? Sometimes you, it's going to feel like it's not perfect, and it's not. Nothing's actually perfect, but it was better than what I was doing before by 10 times. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at least if it's, like, slightly better, then next time it'll still be slightly better, and then you will just be getting yeah. that much better
1: for each time. Okay.
0: Absolutely. And let me tell you, it feels weird as hell. It feels weird, but the more you do it, the better you become. And I said, I'm still always working on my time management. Right? I'm still, I still get outside distractions. I love to look at the internet. I love to go shopping on the internet. Okay.
1: There's so many apps my, on the internet.
0: <laughs> absolutely, and my executive assistant makes sure I don't do that. Okay. So, um we've got about two more minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little long because we started a little late. So I have one more question open.
1: Okay, we do have a follow up from Alfredo. Your line is open.
2: Hi uh, yes, I have a question. Um, dealing with uh it says lunch with internal clients. Versus lunch with referral accounts and uh, you know that kind of stuff. What would be consider mm-hmm. a lunch with internal clients? I'm, I'm looking at the perfect sales system for the week.
0: Well, are you looking at Are you looking at my perfect work week?
2: I didn't get a chance are you to do at... that, but the one okay. on on, cool. on the
0: website. That's what I'm looking at on the website. Teddy, um, what
2: would we so consider what, an internal what, client?
0: What the internal client could be Monday. Monday, somebody from Monday. your database. Yeah, so it could be someone from your database. <laughs> Could be someone that you're actively working with, right? So someone that you have a relationship with. So if you're meeting, if you're meeting a Zillow call that comes in and says, "Hey, great, I want to go look at a house," and it's the first time you're meeting them, that's not what you're not going to be meeting them for lunch. Very rare.
2: Right. 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 Okay. Okay. So someone that, but so, uh, that's what i trying to figure out: what the difference yeah. between an internal client or a referral account with the, because something kind of like...
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and, and that could, they could be interchangeable, right? Okay. It could be interchangeable. Try to schedule it for something that works with what you have. Like, I have a lot of accounts, okay? I've got builder's accounts, mm-hmm. I've got, uh, um, I just landed the open door account for my town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, estate attorney accounts, so whenever I can fit these in, usually it's you know, VIP lunch. And I just go down my list, I schedule them out for the following week.
2: Okay, okay. Well thank you for sharing. I'm a I'm a lender, so I'm not. I'm kinda having a hard time understanding when you talk about your listing so it's a little different, but but I'm a lender so
0: you just gotta go you just gotta go after realtors.
2: Right. Someone like you. Yeah have have a have
0: a lunch have a lunch with a realtor five times a week. Problem solved.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'm doing two right now so Hopefully, I can get it up to five times. Thank you.
0: Yeah. All right. No problem. All right, right, everyone. So I just want to just recap here. Teddy's going to send out the perfect work week and the things to do, which are both core forms. He's also going to send out my – he's going to reach out to me. I'll get him my to-do list that we share online with everybody so we make sure things get done and we don't just jot them down on a Post-it and that Post-it gets lost. Uh, We actually get stuff done, cross them off the list and put them to bed. So um, reach out to your concierge if you need anything else after this. If you want to schedule a time to talk with me, uh, we'll love to you know, sit down and talk with you over the phone and help you out with anything you need. Teddy, is there anything that I missed? Uh, no, great job. Cool. All right. So take care, everyone. Go kill it.
1: This officially concludes today's conference. You may disconnect the line at this time.